On uh, Thursday evening, I went to hear confessions at uh, St. Alice's Church there in Springfield to help Father Mark Benz uh, with confessions that evening. And um, we started at six o'clock. Um, I was rescued, as it were, at 9.45. Three and three-quarter hours hearing confessions. And so afterwards... Uh, I kind of jokingly said with Father Mark, Father Mark, you really got to look at your ministry here. I mean, they must all, you must, you must scare them all, but they all came to me. <laughs> and I said, anyway, you, how long have you been at this parish and you've still got all these sinners? <laughs> Haven't they overcome sin yet? Of course, the real reason why so many people were going to confession is that Father Mark has done a fantastic job at teaching his people. I remember going to, wanting to go to confession on a Saturday afternoon, you know, before the Saturday evening Mass, I thought, pop up to Springfield, make a quick confession, get back. The line was going all around the church. It's not that they're scared of him. All right, they, that line was going all the way around the church that Saturday afternoon. And I had to give up, otherwise we wouldn't have got back here. So I tried St. Mary's in Eugene, and there's still lines there, but of course there were, there were three priests here in confessions there. So uh, I was able to get a quick confession in before getting back here for the evening Mass. Please switch off your mobile phones. Just heard a mobile phone go off. Please uh, switch it off. Thank you. And this um, message of repentance, of course, is very much uh, fitting with the message of joy that we hear this week. It is a joyful time, and yet there is still the call to conversion. We hear the crowds asking uh, St. John the Baptist today, what should we do? And this is a question that they put to him in response to what he had been teaching. If you just read up a few verses before the Gospel that we've read today, we read that John the Baptist had admonished them to bear fruits in keeping with repentance. So the question is, what should I do to bear fruits in keeping with repentance? Or maybe, what should I cease doing in order to bear fruits in keeping with repentance? St. John is very, very, gives some very simple teaching. Get rid of what you do not need. How apt we are at collecting things. Whoever has two cloaks should share with the person who has none. We can take a look at what we've hoarded and see what maybe we can get rid of some things. Simplify our lives. Share them with others who have, no, who have need of them. Or maybe we're stockpiling. You know, to, to, do we have more than we need? If we have too much food in the house, can we... Can we get rid of it? Can we share it with others, those who are, who are poorer? There are many, thanks be to God, many organizations here locally that enable us to do that, that very thing. You know, there are so many people here who are in great need. As I discover when I go on my communion rounds sometimes, you know, people, parishioners of ours who suffer loneliness, poverty, depression, some have lost the will to live. They don't care about the, you know, the, the, the environment uh, where they're living. So many ways we can, we can help them. St. John the Baptist speaks about such an ordinary thing as one's daily work. First of all, we should just verify, is it an honest 
job that we have or is there anything immoral in it that we would need to uh, give up, change, change occupation? If it is, presumably it's moral, well then do we do it well? You know, John the Baptist doesn't tell the tax collectors to stop being tax collectors, but rather to do their job honestly. I mean, they were despised, weren't they? We, we read, even Luke says in the Gospel today, even tax collectors came to be baptized and asked, what should we do? Even tax collectors, my goodness. He just simply told them, be honest, collect only what is due. And of course, maybe, the, I don't know if there are any tax collectors here, but I know there are a number of taxpayers. <laughs> are we honest in paying taxes? I mean, we know the difference between tax avoidance, which if you're wealthy enough to have an accountant, he or she can tell you about how to avoid tax, and tax evasion, which is dishonest. Are we honest? Uh, in, as citizens in paying our taxes or honest with our employers do we work hard for the wage that we receive uh, St. John speaks to soldiers and maybe, maybe they, they don't mind being a kind of police, police force as well perhaps under the Roman authorities Roman employee you know, do, to, to do their work with a sense of service not exploiting others not abusing others. You see, it's these ordinary things that St. John turns to first, the place to look at first to see whether we are fulfilling our ordinary duties. But also, you know, to go beyond strict duty. Is it, is it a duty to, to hand over a spare cloak to someone else? Well, this is the fruit of repentance. You know, we can work strictly by the clock or we can make an extra bit of effort in our work. Uh, in order to do a really good job. John's teaching to all, he addresses in today's Gospel, is kind of about avarice and covetousness, greed, which is really a kind of all kinds of sin, sort of stems from that greed really, of wanting more for ourselves, of being, of loving comfort, of hoarding possessions. Although John is baptizing, the baptism he is preparing the people for is Christ's baptism with the Holy Spirit and fire. We can listen to the language that he uses, the language of a winnowing fan, to shake up the grain so that the chaff spills out and all is left is, is the grain. Or the threshing floor, which is a place of separation and revelation, separating the grain from the useless straw, exposing and collecting the most valuable part of the crop, which is the grain, exposing the useless straw and chaff so that it can be burnt with that unquenchable fire. Do we find the image of unquenchable fire a little bit frightening? It really depends on how we view that fire and what kind of fire we think it might be. You know, the Holy Spirit is an unquenchable fire. The Holy Spirit is the love of God. And this unquenchable fire is God's love. You know, there's a lovely prayer to the Holy Spirit in which we pray, Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. It's a, it's a, it's a love of God that, that purifies us, that should burn with greater ardor in our hearts as we pr proceed through life. And I want to, as I began with the reference to confession and what a joy it was to hear those confessions for three and three quarter hours on Thursday evening, I want to exhort us all once again to make use 
of this wonderful sacrament of confession. You know, one can see that the parish of St. Alice is alive. You know, if you want to, sometimes people say, you know, that rather than the, the numbers of people at Mass or the, the lines of people coming up to communion, the real way to tell whether a parish is alive is the lines of people to that door at the back of the, that, that room at the back of the church. How long is that line? That's an indicator of how alive the parish is. The sacrament of confession is like a, a sacrament of threshing, of exposing and of winnowing. The self-revelation we make in confession is, is an essential part, really, of that threshing and winnowing. So that we might expose the chaff and the straw, see it for ourselves. And so that we might also reveal the valuable grain, which is the, 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 most, which is the real crop. Or the pure gold contained in the ore that needs to be fired and purified. You know, as we read, read in the prophecy of Zephaniah today, the Lord looks upon us with joy because he sees that beautiful jewel that there is within us. And he wants that jewel to be polished and exposed and made beautiful, that it might become visible in confession rather than be surrounded by all those things which obscure uh, uh, the view or which actually you know, uh, show it sh sh that is actually dirt on it. That needs to be, needs to be fired away. The, ana the analogy of fire is not a bad one also because I know that some people write their sins down on pieces of paper you know, sometimes here in the confessional. Um, I, I do discourage that practice um, on, on, for a couple of reasons. One, that it can lead to a kind of scrupulosity in that we worry about whether we forget something. If we have something grave, it's unlikely that we're going to forget a you know, mortal sin. That should be the first thing we confess to get it off our minds, you know. The other things are likely to be less serious and so we should not be too scrupulous you know, and we can always finish our confession with that lovely catch-all phrase, for these and any other sins which I cannot now remember, I beg pardon and penance. You know, if you honestly forget something, don't worry. It happens to me all the time. You know, I have my little list prepared, and then at the end I often have to say to the I'm sure there's something else. Uh, I can't remember. Well, for these and all the other sins which I cannot now remember, I beg pardon and penance. He gives me some advice. He's saying his absolution over me. And while he's giving me absolution, I remember <laughs> what it is. Leave it. Just leave it. Maybe it'll come back next time and uh, it's covered, you know. Um, so that's one reason to, to discourage uh, writing things down. The other is that it can be found. And I found one yesterday <laughs> after Mass here. And I could see it was a list because I saw something. I thought, okay, I'm not reading anymore. Got to dispose of that. Um, and, you, you know, if you do do that, well, burn it, you know, or shred it or something. You know, in George, George Orwell's novel 1984, there is, the, there is a, uh, the memory hole. You know, they're constantly rewriting uh, history, aren't they? Um, so that the leadership is shown in a good light, is always victorious, so they have to rewrite history. And uh, the old documents are thrown into that hole in the office, and it's called in a memory hole. You see the flames coming up to consume it. It's a, it's a, an, a, a fire that will, is never extinguished. Well, that's not a very, that's not really a, a pleasant memory hole, is it? The memory hole, extinguishing memory, is a very bad thing. 
But in a sense, our sins are just burnt away whenever we go to confession. They can be forgotten. So I do commend to you the guides to confession once again. That are, are many more have been copied. So they're available at the back of the church. Incluso en español, una guía para la confesión. And I really think if, you, if we just read through, I won't do it now, but if you were to read through this, it's a really good catechesis on what is sin. And uh, I think any of us here would be hard pushed to, to read through this and say, no, none of these apply to me. <laughs> uh, and we make a good confession by using these guides to confession. But also, we can go to other places. Last week I referred to the Litany of Humility. This week I have another prayer to, for your consideration. A traditional prayer called a Universal Prayer, attributed to Pope Clement XI, who was an 18th century Pope. It's a rather long, I won't read it all. But you know, when we pray these traditional prayers, we offer petitions, which means that we, imply, we, we acknowledge that we lack what we're praying for. And insofar as we lack what we're praying for, we confess um, the, the, that fact insofar as it's our fault that we might be lacking in, in what we're praying for. For example, one of the intercessions is, Lord, enlighten my understanding, inflame my will, purify my heart, and sanctify my soul. We acknowledge that only God can do these things, and yet there is our correspondence that we may seek understanding, that we may seek to align our will with God's will, so that it will be inflamed with the love of God, that our heart may be purified of all that is not in keeping with the pure love of God, or that our, or that our souls be, be cleansed of all that might not be truly holy. Another one, help me repent of my past sins and put to flight future temptations. Make me conquer my evil inclinations and cultivate the virtues I should have. You know, we might have become rather tepid, you know, content with how we are. There's always more we can do to cultivate the virtues. You know, and as we progress in holiness, we may have confessed sins in our, in our past, and we have no doubt that we've been forgiven. But as, as our love of God increases, somehow our sorrow for those sins of our past is deeper. And so we might want to confess those sins again in a new way, so that the grace of the sacrament of confession can penetrate more deeply and easily to the wound of those sins, which have already been forgiven. Yeah, which are still somehow marking uh, our consciences in, uh, as wounds. Make me conquer my evil in inclinations. And that can be anything from something slight to something grave. Keep me, Lord, attentive at prayer, temperate in food and drink, diligent in my work and firm in my good intentions. How often are we, attentive, uh, are we distracted at prayer? How often do we put, you know, decide when it's time for prayer we decide to do something else? Well, that's, you know, we, we pray that we may not do that because we do do it and therefore we can confess the fact that maybe we don't pray as we should or we're distracted in our prayers or that we do not use food and drink very well or we're lazy in our work or we don't always have the best of intentions. Just a few more to, to, to finish with. Let my inner life be innocent and my outer behavior modest. Let my speech be blameless and my life well ordered. You know, do we have a gossip? Uh, do we, you know, does, our, do, does the, our outer behavior and our inner dispositions, is there that coherence between what we should be and what we are? May I take care to master my natural impulses. Let me cherish growth in grace. May I keep your law and come at last to win salvation. 
these things can give us pause for examination. Teach me to realize how slight are earthly things, and how great is that which is divine, how swiftly things of time pass, and how enduring are eternal realities. Do we think too much about worldly things? The season of Advent is a season in which we are called to, to think more of heavenly things. And finally, help me to prepare for death and have a right fear of judgment. May I escape hell and take possession of heaven. This season of Advent also has that kind of apocalyptic sense that we look forward to the second coming of Christ. And death should be something we are preparing for daily, for we never know when it comes, but it's so that we do not fear it. Um, but, uh, and also we pray that may I escape hell. You know, I've read recently and I've become you know, fond of repeating it to myself and occasionally repeating it to you as well, you know, that hell is the default. That's why we need a saviour. If, uh, if no one was going to hell, we wouldn't need a saviour, would we? So we have to pray that we use all the means that the saviour offers us. To neglect to use the means uh, would be, uh, we'd be guilty of the sin of, of presumption. So I encourage us all to make a good confession this Advent, uh, particularly this Thursday evening. There will be four priests here from 6.30, so we, it shouldn't take three and three-quarter hours. Um, and including priests who understand stand pan, Spanish, hay un sacerdote que spa, uh, el español es, es su lengua, lengua nativa, so él, él habla y entiende español perfectamente, y hay dos más sacerdotes, yo y un otro, que entienden el español, el otro mejor que yo, y, y, y entonces pueden hacer sus confesiones en español con toda tranquilidad. It's also a chance to go to a priest, you know, in case you are afraid of me, well then you can find another priest uh, that you won't be afraid of. If we all make a good confession this Advent, then that prayer that we heard, I think from St. Paul today, will be fulfilled. That the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.